The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Ogbayani. Good morning, B-E-A, beautiful people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Happy Aloha Friday. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's Friday already. I seriously, yesterday I was like, wait a minute. I mean, I think that's why the week snuck up on us so fast because we forgot one of our key components of the Sharks Weekly Show. Luckily, we figured it out, so it was all good. But I was like, I couldn't believe it was already Thursday. And so I didn't like think on Wednesday to remind myself. And then it's already Friday. So here we are. And it is a beautiful Friday outside, nice and clear outside of our den. Clear blue skies, actually. No cloud in the sky that we can see here. So the wet weather is gone and we... Look to have a very beautiful Aloha Friday and hopefully take us through the weekend. Yeah, I think uh, Mother Nature knew we needed some good vibes (laughs) to end out the week, and we got those. You're 100% right. Perfect blue skies on the way. So I woke up this morning, considered putting on a sweatshirt just because, I don't know. You've been used to it this week, actually. Right, and then I, I looked outside and I was like, oh, wow, it is gorgeous. And man... The the vibes vibes are high here to start this Aloha Friday because uh, the weather decided, hey guys, it's going to be a good day. Yeah, and it's still going to be a good day. We'll get into a bunch of stuff today, including Rainbow Wahine Volleyball, which we haven't talked in, about in like the entire week, even though they ended their season last weekend after they fell to Oregon in the NCAA tournament. But we will hear from departing senior, it's so sad, departing senior Amber Igidi and head coach Robin Amo and... <laughs> I'll tell you the story later. I was like, I was going to tell you about the preface of this, uh, the whole leading up to the interview, but I'll save it for when we talk about it. So we'll talk Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. Uh, We'll also, a big thing that dropped yesterday as well, the University of Hawaii baseball schedule and the Chaminade baseball schedule. And today we should have the HPU baseball schedule that will come out as well. But obviously we will see the Chaminade and we already see the Chaminade HPU baseball matchups. The one, the big thing to highlight, uh, before, we'll talk about it more extensively later, but the big thing to highlight for our baseball fans is that the University of Hawaii baseball team will play all three Division two schools here locally. So they have all their matchups against UH Hilo, Chaminade, and Hawaii Pacific University. So I think that's super exciting just for local baseball here in Hawaii. So you can go to hawaiiathletics.com if you can't wait for us to talk about the schedule coming up on the show. But yes, Chaminade also the first year of Chaminade baseball, or excuse me, first revamped year, first year in a long time. Let me, first year in the new era of baseball, maybe? If just anyways, it feels like the first season of Chaminade baseball. So uh, nonetheless, their schedule came out. And as we mentioned, HPU baseball schedule should come out. Not sure when Hilo's coming out, but I'm, I can anticipate it'll be today or sometime throughout the weekend. So go out, all of you baseball fans, see the schedule. Again, we'll talk more about it coming up in the show. We'll also give you some updates as the Iolani Classic uh, prep tournament is going on. And we'll talk a little bit about the University of Hawaii an HPU men's basketball game coming up on Sunday, which Paul and I will be on the call for. That game at 5 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. So there's a lot, you guys. There's a lot to go over in local sports today. Um, But first, 
I know Mr. Paul Brecht was not in studio yesterday through our very extensive conversation and <laughs> didn't get his, his opportunity to vent his opinion <laughs> on what we were talking about the uh, yesterday. Kyle Galdera and I, mahalo again, Kyle, for joining me. But, you know, everything that happened with Braden Shager. And it seems like collectively the sentiment is the same. And I'll let Paul expand. But same, same feeling as I feel like we all feel that way here at Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And even when I talk to some of my close friends that are University of Hawaii fans, at the end of the day, no one is knocking any kid or any person for that matter, like Kyle brought up Nick Rolovich choosing to go coach at Washington State for more money. No one's knocking anyone for making a better living for themselves. It's just the way that you do it. Don't go like just ripping people's heart outs and saying one thing, you know, just at the end of the day, say what you mean and mean what you say. And your word is your honor. And that's something that will Kyle said it the best could potentially hurt any type of legacy that Braden Shager could have had here because it doesn't matter where you're from. If you give your all here to Hawaii and their fans, you will pretty much go down in history and people will remember you forever and be appreciative for you of you forever. Can't say that about most uh, schools. Hawaii is different in that sense. But yeah, what, do you, what are some of your <laughs> thoughts, Paul? I, I thought you guys put it very I, I thought it was very fair yesterday in that the criticism doesn't come from the transfer itself because I think Steven Sai put it out where Hawaii half of Hawaii starters in I think it was their last game or their first game this season mm-hmm. came from the transfer portal and that's totally understandable that that part of it I understand I get I have no issue with kids transferring I have no issue with the NIL, I think it's actually wonderful that student athletes are able to be compensated and are able to make money. I think it's great. Like Kyle said, it's the process that leaves a sour taste in the mouths of Hawaii fans and Hawaii people in general, where, like you said, your word is your honor. It's what it comes down to, where if he hadn't let me let me take a step back. If he knew that this was a possibility, even if it were a 1% possibility, the way that I personally would have gone about it is that I would communicate that with Timmy, uh, Coach Timmy Chang, and some of my closest teammates mm-hmm. and be like, hey guys, just so you're not taken off guard. Because that's something you see in professional sports a lot of times that players are really upset about is finding out news from ESPN, finding out from the ticker, finding out from Twitter, you know, Woj, breaking news, blah, blah, blah. It hurts personal relationships in that Mm -hmm. sense because it's like, oh, I thought we were able to have that conversation. And yesterday, Kyle brought up PR and marketing and, and that type of stuff. And before the world of NIL you, I would give you every right to be like, well, that's ridiculous. These are kids. They're college <laughs> athletes. But if you are going to be compensated, if you are going to treat yourself as though you are a business, which Brayden does, and he should. Yeah. He absolutely has a brand and one that he has worked exceptionally hard to build over the past few years. Donating my t-shirts to Goodwill, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but that said... When you take that step into the professional world, you now 
open yourself up to professional level criticism, mm -hmm. which means that you are expected to go things go about things in a professional manner. You are expected to go about things in a way that doesn't leave a sour taste in people's mouths, in a way that your two all-conference receivers aren't completely taken off guard, that one of your top cornerbacks doesn't feel the need to go out on Twitter and say, oh my gosh, we were just in a meeting together, and, and feel shocked. Mm -hmm. it's, it's that part of it that bothers me. And that, then you bring up the yeah. business side, and that's where I kind of want to turn the page a little bit on this whole topic where I feel like collectively, maybe Alan Mia is the only one that is anti-NIL in this, in this studio because I feel like Paul, Kyle, and I are very much like, hey, you should be able to get paid because there's coaches are getting, coaches up and there's leave. There's a lot of money. And, in yeah, coaches up and leave. They get paid millions of dollars. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is like getting ready to sign like a five-year extension that'll pay him like $11 million a year, uh, that type of stuff. The media rights that come with especially the college football playoff and all of that stuff, yada, 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 yada. But now it's starting to and I blame a lot of this on the NCAA in terms of not get kind of like how we feel with our stadium over here, like not being proactive and getting seeing what the future could look like and getting ahead of it, because now it is starting to get a little ugly. Um, that's why part of like for us here in Hawaii, I think we're just we're really, really special. And I mean, a lot of us that love to live here, you know, people work their Ocole's off to be able to afford to live in paradise because to live somewhere that is truly this special like Hawaii and that we have a lot of that going for us and I think that's our our personality as well like we're just resilient yes we work hard yes we want money we want to make a lot of money we like money and who doesn't like money but at the same time I think for a lot of Hawaii people and even people that come here and, and move here, I think they, they fall in love with this place because a lot of it is just about the culture and, you know, the, that that resilience and looking out for each other and having each other's back. And you can sense that being somewhere like Hawaii, naturally wanting to show people around and be proud of the place that you come from. So Hawaii is very unique in that sense that I think you can come here as a player. And if all you're coming here for is the money then you know what? We don't really want you anyways because we want you to um, still love playing for this state and representing this state. And that's the huge thing here as well is you don't represent anywhere else in Division One in this state alone. In other states, obviously you do, multiple schools. Here, Hawaii is very, very different. And so uh, that brings me to the next point with NIL and how ugly it's getting because there are a ton of lawsuits going on. And I don't know how much you guys keep up with it or see it in the sports news, but there are multiple lawsuits and the, it's not going to stop being filed. There is like class actions being put together against the NCAA for, you know, antitrust uh, clauses for not paying student athletes for their NIL back in like before, which I hate. I hate like going back and being like, you didn't pay me back then. Well, that wasn't the rule back then. The whole EA sports gaming thing is a little different because that was kind of blatant. But some of these lawsuits are going so deep as to say things like damages related to their NILs during telecasts of games and that athletes in any sport at a power five school are entitled to damages related to things on social media. And I think part of it is we're getting lost in, yes, everyone is trying to do the money grab. But at the same time, just like the agents that threw Braden Shager's name out there, you have these money-hungry attorneys that are like, yeah, let's sue, sue, sue. And I'm like, 
does everyone forget? And this is where I put on my Alan Mia hat. I'm like, all right. But at the at the beginning of the day, you still a lot of these athletes still get to go to school for free. A lot of these schools, especially the public schools, get funding from elsewhere and NCAA sanctioned schools get money from the government to be able to, especially for women, give equal opportunities to women across all sports. Fortunately, women that maybe wouldn't be able to play in college if it wasn't for their school having a football team. So you need to make sure you can keep everything equal. You go to school, you have the trainers, you have the training room, you have these gyms, you have the higher schools have their own doctors that you can just go see. You get free equipment, you get all of this stuff, you get room and board, you get fed, you get all of these things that I think are getting lost with like, hey, you used my name, image and likeness in your telecast to sell advertising. I was like, yeah, you know what it takes to put on these telecasts are money and other people that go to work and help to promote these student athletes. So that's the part of me. And again, I don't blame necessarily the student athletes themselves because it's just, it's a crazy world right now. But I think we need to like slow down and the adults in the room need to be more realistic and paint the picture, picture for these kids that, hey, like there are other things that you need to be aware of and not just sue, 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 sue. If it warrants itself, like the NCAA, like the EA Sports game, I get it. Like you can go back and sue. But I mean, social media posts that the schools are using to either pay people or have student interns that are essentially working to promote the student athletes. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. And this is the part where it's getting ugly. Again, this is not a knock on the student athletes that are suing the schools. It all goes back to the NCAA not being proactive. But this is where it's just getting a little too ugly and a little too much. I don't see an end anytime soon, unfortunately, but I just hope that we can, a lot of these student athletes have people in their corner to be a little more realistic and to guide them in the right direction. And I brought up that stuff and I know you didn't get to listen to the end of the show, Paul. I brought up stuff like with my parents and I decided to not play soccer anymore in the middle of the season. And my parents were like, well, you need to go and tell your coach yourself. Like you need to put your big girl pants on. And this is just the world that this is reality, you know, so it doesn't it, it just pains me that it feels like a lot of these kids that one, they're getting a lot of money Two, you just have money hungry agents and attorneys that are just really dirtying the water that is the NCAA like or college sports in general that we love and that's the part that really breaks my heart because I've always been a proponent of NIL I thought it was ridiculous when I went to my amateurism class uh, when I was at Chaminade and they essentially said like yeah if you're in Subway and like a stranger said like you had a good game and wanted to buy you a sandwich you have to say no like I'm like what <laughs> I'm a college kid sense. and I have to say no because someone wants to buy me a sandwich like we had to get away from that to a place where we need to find the middle ground yeah. because you're right the unfortunate part is that you get money hungry adults into mm-hmm. the ears of kids and those adults have much more sway and much more pull than any of us really wish to admit. And with that sense, you get kids who think they're making their best decision, and in turn, it might not actually be, because I don't I don't know. I, I shouldn't say kids don't get blinded by the dollar sign, because they do. But I think adults get blinded a lot more um, 
a lot more when it comes mm -hmm. to the dollar sign um, to a point where they don't really care who gets hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's something we see. And that's why I'm really happy to see Charlie Baker put out his proposal yeah. earlier in the week. We talked about that and how it, it's the start of reigning in this wild, wild west that is the transfer portal and is the NIL because it, it's just buying players at this point. It's buying it's NCAA free which agency. Which is the newest lawsuit. I forget which school, but basically suing that they can't, suing the fact that you can't pay to play. And I'm like, this is getting ridiculous. Also, and once again, if, if that's the case, then either leave school and go try to make it professionally or just make another minor league. But my, now you won't get the funding from the schools, from the everything. So that's the part that like, I think a lot of these kids and adults are missing. Like, I know that we got to take a break. that to happen <laughs> i know we got to take a break here soon but that was going to be my last point too is that and i mean this with all due respect to all of these athletes because they are incredible athletes they absolutely mm -hmm. deserve to be compensated and whatnot that being said you have to understand that name image and likeness actually means something your nil your name image and likeness only is worth so much and also, if you don't go to a certain school, if you don't have a certain brand, yeah. you don't have any actual value in NIL because you are just a high school student who might be good at the college level. You are just a college athlete who, eh, they're okay. They're, it's such a select few that are good enough to go to the professional levels and earn money at that level. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that get those high, high deals. And that skews the perspective of the people who deserve NIL, but now they look and they're like, well, why are they getting this? And I'm, I'm only, because your name, image, and likeness is not worth as much because your brand is not worth as much. And that's why I brought up Braden Shaker. He's grown his brand. He's, you know, greatly done all of this stuff. So he does deserve that opportunity and whatnot. But that also being said, it's a curiosity. How far does your brand take you? How much is the University of Hawaii boosting you up? The fact that say. you are the the guy at the school mm -hmm. in the state? Or is it because you are really, really that good and your name, image, and likeness is something that will be in the NFL a few years from now? Yeah. That's that's kind of where my questions come in. And not just for Braden, not just for anyone from UH. But for the entire NCAA landscape, you mentioned the, the lawsuits that have come in. How much is your NIL truly worth? Because Joe Schmo, we don't really care about Joe Schmo. Nobody's paying Subway for Joe Schmo. Which actually some of the players that are named in some of these lawsuits that are filing it, I'm like, I've never heard of you before in my life. And, and you bring up the personal brand. But also, I, yeah, like you're right. University of Hawaii, like you're a bigger brand. Like not everyone is going to be Arch Manning, right? Who no matter where he goes, people will know his name because of the lineage he comes from. Like right. he could go to Texas. He could come to Hawaii. His brand will be bigger than the University of Hawaii. But you t and you take someone maybe like Livy Dunn, the gymnast. Like she is a very rare case where she's in a niche sport that doesn't naturally have a huge following but at the same time she's like the highest or second highest in terms of nil value because she actually built her personal brand to be that much well she will be just fine and this is like tiktok influencer stuff but hey 
no knock on her. So she built it to the fact that she could do without LSU. Like LSU, she can leave and she'll still be making a lot as an influencer. But no, you're right. It's like most people, like most athletes, it depends on the school that you go to that helps boost your brand. So I think that's a very important uh, thing to bring up. And I'm glad we touched on that. And that probably wraps up the final thought because we're way up against the <laughs> clock. Okay, we got we to gotta take a break. So we'll be back on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. Got a little breather there. <laughs> we we could go on and on. There, there are so many different pieces. At the end of the day, there needs to be change. I'm glad just to wrap it up for now. Charlie Baker <laughs> is doing what he needs to do, making schools opt in to agree to pay their athletes $30,000 a year, evenly between men and women. So, And then on top of that, it will be, I guess, in conjunction with or seek legis- the Hawaii leg- sports re- yeah, le- legislative <laughs> approval so that it would prevent a lot of these lawsuits from coming about. So that's part of the reason why he's trying to establish something so we can kind of put a stop to all of these excessive lawsuits because it will not stop until there is some kind of legislation uh, throughout the country. But anyways, all right, switching gears to local sports and we'll close it out with all local sports talk uh this weekend or this sunday huge game for men's basketball here locally as the hpu sharks head over to the university of hawaii at maanoa to take on the rainbow warriors and hpu on that five game win streak so open up their season with a couple of losses but this two losses in uh, Alaska, a couple of them, though. One of them, the first game, pretty close, lost 69-64. Uh, got a little bit uh, knocked out against Alaska Anchorage, 65-50. After that, just kind of went on a tear, but a lot of it has been really close games, which I think is important for HPU, considering that they are able to finish and close out these close games. So five of their last Four wins have all been like, what is this, like five points or less type of wins for the HPU Sharks. So uh, they, they're a team that has grit and they're a team that likes to fight. It Obviously, the game against the University of Hawaii will not count for UH. I mean, HPU, but it will count for UH. And I'm telling you what, HPU, I mean, they're not going in there just to take part. They're going to go there to try <laughs> to win. And the University of Hawaii, however, for their credit, they are looking really, really good. A couple of their losses, only or one loss, excuse me, just to Utah, and then, of course, that exhibition game. But other than that, I mean, both squads, it's really nice to see, again, UH at 6-1 and one and HPU at 5-2, and two, but on that five-game win streak. So, you guys, I think we should come out on Sunday. Game time is at 5 o'clock at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, and it's going to be a fun one. And I think a lot of times when we see these D1, D2 
matchups. I know they don't sound as like sexy or whatever, but I think these storylines uh, kind of write themselves. Not only are both teams really competitive to start the season, but you have, you know, coming out to support someone like Jesse Nakanishi, you know, first time head coach at the college level and a local guy and brought in a lot of local players to, you know, kind of give these kids an opportunity to play at the next level. They don't get a lot of playing time yet. As they, you know, they're freshmen. That's, I was going to say what they are young, but, but they're, they're they're there. They have this opportunity, and then for UH's side, I mean, they still want to continue to put a stamp on teams that are on paper lesser than them. Because I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If you look at, if you put them side by side, UH There's is a better team in this one. A good team, a stronger team, a quicker team. Size wise, they're a lot bigger. You have Matt Van Coleman in the center for HPU. But other than that, I mean, when you look at the size of the guards, Jovan, even though for his uh, undersized self, he is and he's quick. So that's what happens with Division Two, right? Like a lot of these guys, like we see Ross Reeves at Chaminade, who was playing awesome against uh, Division One talent in the Maui Jim Maui Invitational. And also, what is the other one? What's the, my favorite guy at Chaminade? Oh, you're uh, our boy, Jameer Thomas. Yes, Jameer Thomas. A lot of these guys, like, when they're undersized, it's rare to make it and be successful in Division One, like a Jovan McClanahan. And someone that just comes down to the first step and maybe just not getting noticed when they, they needed to. So... We'll, we'll, it, it'll be fun. Paul and I are definitely excited to call this game so you guys can listen over here to the to the fun that we have calling basketball where our worlds will collide because you guys know on this show extensively, we the crazy girl will be on the other side of the court this time. I was going to say, <laughs> she's going to be uh, the, the exact opposite corner this time. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. I'm really excited for this matchup because, like you said, the storylines have written themselves. You have two teams off to phenomenal starts. I mean, I, I did write a, a preview for the HPU side, and a Hawaii side preview will be coming out later today on HawaiiSportsRadio.com. Go check that out if you haven't gotten an opportunity quite yet. Just kind of keying in on what to look for in those games. And with HPU... You you said it. They're not necessarily, you know, when you go Division One to Division Two, oftentimes you're like, oh, D2 will be smaller. That's not necessarily the case with HPU, at least in the front court. You have seven foot four Matt Van Komen, six foot seven Mai Dusenich, who makes up for some some height as well because he's very springy. They just got Charlie Weber back, who's a Division yeah. One transfer, stands at six foot nine, has played a lot of center in his career, and he actually told me a big reason why he really likes being out here at HPU is because he's been able to play more on the wing, more outside, mm -hmm. more showing off what he can do, not just back to the basket. And he's, I mean, he had a nice game against Fresno Pacific, continues to get his sea legs under him. And then you have Tucker Polici as your backup center, who's six foot 11. They have great size for a Division II team. You have Melo Sanchez, who was looking to transfer into the Division I ranks this past offseason, ends up getting convinced by Jesse and staff to stay at HPU. He's six foot four, guy can score. So it's not like HPU doesn't have the dogs mm -hmm. to go fight, but I'm also glad you bring it up where, you know, you, you have your biggest test of the year to this point where you see a Jovan McClanahan. On the other side, who is an all-Big West preseason team pick. You have a Noel Coleman who has really come into his own once again after a down year scoring the basketball last year, has really turned it back up this year. You have 
a, a guy in Matt Van, or pardon me, Matt Cotton, who is an incredible defender, and we've seen what he can do at times against uh, UT Rio Grande Valley, having 27 points. And then obviously, what do you what do you want to say <laughs> about the front court of UH between Justin McCoy, Bernardo da Silva? You have more sec coming off the bench, yeah. so it's going to be a really good measuring stick game for HPU. And if HPU can get open on the outside and Melo Sanchez can hit those threes, I mean, we saw Central Arkansas give Hawaii hard rubs in the first half because Kersipu and Anderson were making those threes, getting and some open, some not so open, but they were going in. And, you know, UH kind of were like they looked in the deer headlights for a little bit. So well, shooting can always, hey, bring the lesser teams up. So we'll see. And HPU has those shooters. Not to mention... Both of these teams are built very similarly. Their coaching philosophies between Coach Iran Gana and Jesse Nakanishi are similar in the fact that they are defensive teams. Both of these squads can really play on that side of the ball. So, you know, does this turn into a rock fight, perhaps? Yeah, but I was going to say, like, well, Jesse kind of knows the knows how Iran coaches exactly because he was on his staff, so he kind of knows the philosophy, and it'll be interesting to see. I know he won't tell us. But I'm sure he has some things, a lot of the game plan in mind as to uh, almost, you know, you're playing chess sometimes, right? In a lot of these basketball games. Yeah, like just managing the clock properly and making your matchups accordingly and, you know, switching up your defense here and there. Like it's, it's it'll be fascinating to watch. So but hope you guys can be there in person. If you cannot, Paul and I will be on the call this Sunday. Again, we'll jump on air around 4.45 in the afternoon on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, University of Hawaii, and HPU Men's Basketball this Sunday, presented by Hawaii Pacific Health. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake Up in the Den with Kuhule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and Paul Brecht on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Mahalo to all of you guys that tune in this and every weekday morning to Wake Up in the Den or, you know, the ones that will tune in on Sunday to our HPU UH men's basketball broadcast or some of our high school games. We have OIA returning next week with girls vault or girls basketball excuse me a lot going on uh, but first want to wrap up the rainbow wahine volleyball season as uh, just to go back to this past weekend uh, hawaii had the or last week thursday hawaii had that upset win over iowa state 3-1 in the first round of the ncaa tournament but then the next day on friday they did get swept by oregon a very good oregon squad uh, however you know Big things or a lot of wonderful things that happened for Amber IGD, collecting a lot of uh, awards, including just recently she earned the AVCA uh, Pacific North All Region First Team Honors. So uh, now she is, it's sad face. And in just a little bit, we'll play uh, the interview from yesterday or the media availability from yesterday with Amber IGD and Coach Robin Omo. But you can tell Coach Robin, you know, get a little emotional losing a player, not just a player, but also a person like Amber on her squad. And with Amber, um, so the funny thing I was going to tell you guys in the beginning, she was, <laughs> she's very much all done with her college uh, life. She was hanging out 
she had to jump on this Zoom interview with all of us. And she was already out hanging out with, I think, Braylon Akana. And I forget who else, another former volleyball player. And I was like, get it, girl. Like, <laughs> you're done. But so she had to like kind of go into like a corner to do her Zoom interview. So uh, don't mind if the audio sounds a little funky from Amber. But it, it was it was cute. It was endearing. And she gave, again, gave a lot to the state. I know she... I'm sure she tried to get or not tried or was attempted to get poached by other schools who would easily pay her lots in NIL. And I she was sure like, somebody poked their head in. She was like, nope, I'm going to stay here. And she did get NIL money here, but I'm sure she could have gotten gotten a lot more elsewhere. So she will go down as someone that Hawaii fans will very much appreciate. But here is Amber IGD and Coach Robin Amo. All right, Amber, first things first, how are you feeling now that your you know, collegiate career is all done, but you're getting ready to continue playing volleyball? Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I'm so sad leaving UH Volleyball. Um, they're my family. The teammates were my family. And yeah, it's really bittersweet. I'm excited for the next chapter, but it's really scary. It's sad leaving college. And what is your next steps now uh, professionally? My next step is hopefully getting a contract to play pro, uh, whether it's overseas or in the U.S. And um, hopefully I get a good contract and it's going to be tough the first uh, going in halfway through a season or whether it's starting in the U.S. But I'm really excited for uh, I'm really excited, but it's scary. <laughs> and uh, what are some of your uh, best memories to look back on at the University of Hawaii, both personally and as a player? And what are some things that you're most proud of? One of the best memories was um, during Brazil. We went on a Brazil trip and we got so close with my teammates. It was like a great team bonding experience. Um, the coaches got to see them in a different light. It was super fun. Um, Player-wise, um, I loved um, winning the Big West Championship, the la especially this year, um, because we had a few tough losses and it was it was looking pretty rough, but um, we succeeded and it was amazing. So that was those are my top memories. And Amber, you know, you kind of close out your UH chapter with yet another accolade. You get the ABCA Pacific North All Region team. Talk about that and kind of your one of the, you know, your final recognitions for your time as a Rainbow Wahine. I will have this. Yeah, it's super exciting. Um and humbling getting uh, that award. It's it's in tribute to my teammates and my coaches and um yeah, I'm, it's always rewarding getting that. But um, like I said, it's just a reflection of my team. And I, um, my reflection on UH, I absolutely love the program. I love the people. Um, it's almost so heartwarming watching everyone's um, support for the UH volleyball team. And yeah. You, um, you mentioned that you want to go play pro. So what has kind of been um, life like since the season ended with UH and how, how have you been preparing for that? All right. Now it's pretty stressful because, you know, just waiting, um, waiting to, to see what comes up and also decision-making um, and me packing. It's been very hectic, but um, it's, it's been also rewarding because I'm visiting and hanging out with all my friends before I leave. So yeah, it's been a tough, a different emotions everywhere. So. Yeah, kind of talk about that. You know, I mean, at the end of, you know, the the last couple of years you're at UH, you know, you're planning to go back home to Louisiana for, for the holidays and whatnot. But this one, you kind of, you know, you're not probably going to be back to the islands for, for a little bit. Kind of what is that emotion like? 
Yeah, like I said before, it's really bittersweet, and um, I can't even encapsulate it into words. Um, it really almost hasn't hit me yet, but um, yeah, I'm just packing almost like for good. But it's goodbye, not see. Uh, it's see you later, not goodbye is what everyone says. So I'm gonna be back on the island soon for sure. So just talk to us a little bit about just your evolution as a player, because I talked to Coach Robin not too long ago, and she kind of told me the story about how she had to find you when she was recruiting you in the gym because you were kind of a, a shy player at that time. So just uh, talk to us about that time with Coach Robin recruiting you and just, as I mentioned, evolution and, and just being a force now on the volleyball court. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, if you looked at me like five years ago, I feel like I – jumped and ran with two left feet. I, I was aggressive and um and just really loud when I played, but I was just really raw and, you know, um, less patient. So I would like to see myself, my evolution is way more patient. I still have more work to do with that department, but way more patient and just, um, I don't know, just more soaking up and um, giving myself grace with everything I do. So, um, yeah, I think that's what I involved in the most. And yeah, and just my mindset, I think especially after playing beach, it was I got a tougher mindset. And yeah, just like mentally was really what I evolved. Give that to the coaches as well. And that was former Rainbow Wahine middle blocker Amber Igidi. And here's head coach Robin Amo. Coach, just we just got off with Amber and um, she obviously added another career accolade to her her case, uh, could you just talk about the impact that she had on the program and what you expect uh, from her in the future? Yeah, I'm going to miss that girl. Since the last match, I kept telling her, I'm going to miss you. I saw her yesterday. I'm going to miss you. I mean, she's like a type of player that you you want to have on your team. Again, she's been here five years. She, she comes in the gym. She came in the gym since she's been here, and she – like worked hard like every day every single day and uh like work, working hard is not just like she coming in and she's like hustling for balls but <clears throat> just like every skill that like she we've like taught her since she's been here she just you know kind of takes it to another level um definitely a, a hard person to replace yeah and not only is she just a great like athlete she's just a great person i mean it's like we, if I could have like 12 of her, I would definitely have 12 of her. Um, good person, good teammate, and very, very, very humble. So, you know, I'm looking forward to her. Like, you know, I tell her like, there's probably, you know, be people like, oh, maybe you're not that good. Maybe this, like you gotta do this. Like, just don't listen, you know? I said, I'm like five foot eight from Hawaii. I played in three Olympics, like, girl, you just got to keep going, you know, even though like some, some people might count you all, you just, you know, you got to just keep going. But I think her, you know, what she's done here um, and what she could possibly do in the future. I think she kept mentioning that she would like to, you know, try out for one of the Olympic teams. Um, I said, go, you know, you never know what could happen, but Definitely looking forward to seeing her like either, you know, playing overseas or, you know, there's a pro league that's starting up in the States, um, either there or staying home in the States. And speaking of how humble she is, I kind of 
brought this up when we were chatting with her, but I, you told me the story not too long ago about how she, you had to like find her in like the back of the gym and whatnot. So just uh, share with everyone that, that story really quick about, um, you know, recruiting Amber. Yeah. First it was video. Um, and then coach Andrew's like, come on, we got it. We got to go. We got to go to this other court and we got to go watch, you know, we got to go watch Amber. And again, I said, girl, she came out. I walked from like UH to Coppola just to watch you. Like the gym, like I don't even think it was a gym. I think it was like a ballroom that was, you know, so in a big convention center as like walk here, walk there, go down, walk all the way back. And then she was like all the way in the back corner and sat there. I just watched her. I'm like, wow, the level is not that good. <laughs> You know, it's like, what's this? What is this? It's like playing with, um, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't that good. But to see that girl's face, I mean, she's just towering over these girls and just like hammering balls. They're kind of like right here, you know, it's like not where she should be reaching it. And her face is just like, yeah, okay, guys. You know, the setter sets it low. She gets blocked. It's okay. You know, it's kind of the same stuff she's doing, you know, on here. It's like she just carried it like, throughout her whole uh, career here so for her to be like that like the coach is telling her something she looks at the coach she gives them like attention and okay okay coach you know and just and just kept going you know even at that level that she was playing at she was still humble so and I just think she carried it on from there she's still the same person she never changed you know even with all the within the years she's been here and all the accolades that she like, you know, acquired, she's still the same. Being humble and then, you know, growing further, I think, go hand in hand. Coach, I know you can't replace someone like Amber, but, you know, with, with the girls that are coming back, do you see someone kind of on your on your roster right now that that has that potential or has some Amber tendencies that that, that you could probably you might be able to pinpoint? Yeah, Millie, Miliana, that's coming in. She's a uh, she transfers back to a UH lab. I mean, she's got the athletic ability. Um, she's a great person too. Great person, kind of just like you know, just like Amber. I'm pretty sure Amber's one of her role models. Um, yep, we'll see where she goes. She has the same work ethic. Um, yeah. And that was Rainbow Wahine volleyball head coach Robin Amo. And before that, middle blocker. It feels so weird to say former middle blocker, Amber Hygidi. And all the best to Amber as she goes and pursues a professional career. But you can tell how much she meant to coach Robin. And yeah, now we got to look to rebuild and replace Amber. But you heard Coach Rob got someone pretty good coming in. Uh, We'll be back to close out the show on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. She's upset. She's going off about something that you said. She doesn't get your humor like I do. (laughs) This is the one we should have the camera in here. Paul and I were very much lip syncing to this Taylor Swift. There's your Times Person of the Year, everybody. Taylor Swift. I need to copy. I believe her, she's like the uh, first picture. musician, right, or something. Uh, first artist. I yeah, know. I think she's, first artist. So like out of actors, actresses. The amount of firsts that she continues to put up, at, like she is just 
I, there couldn't have been a better choice for the person of the year because it is the year of Taylor Swift. <laughs> I was about to call Alan into the studio just so that <laughs> at, in the most opportune time that he walks past the window. I would like, have had to turn. That would have been awesome. Turn the bump music back on <laughs> up for him so he could lip sing along with us. Yeah. We know he's such a big Taylor Swift fan. Person of the year. Next week, Wednesday is marked on my calendar that her concert Eras Tour movie is going to be available to rent. And it's the extended version because there are Ugh. a few songs, including Long Live, which is one of my favorite performances from the concert that was not in the theater released movie but there is going to be the extended version that comes out to rent i'm so excited you guys i'm gonna Go. have that'll be my it'll be a christmas party slash um taylor swift dance party that i'll host at my place you guys are invited paul uh, Thank you. Appreciate. <laughs> so it'll be one of those things. So we'll we'll see. I got to go look at the dates to have our theater party. I texted my mom. I was like, Mom, the movie comes out next next week. So maybe sometime this month I'm going to have like a Taylor Swift dance party that I. Yeah, because I was the only one invited to the dance party in the theater that I went to see the movie by myself. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to have a real party. All right. Anywho. Turn it up. <laughs> Anywho. It's funny. I didn't bring it up at all yesterday because Kyle tends to roll his eyes every time I bring up Taylor Swift, just like Alan. So at least Paul's in here. So he he gets it. Um, I'm a Swifty <laughs> through and through. Um, all right. So it's a couple of the things to get into really quick. The Iolani Classic Girls uh, Prep Tournament is going on right now. So some of the scores got a lot of... Uh, Big time schools coming over. So it's good that a lot of our local schools get to test themselves against these schools or against each other. Uh, Kamahemeha schools, Kapalama, fell to Sidwell Friends, 70-40. Kahuku lost to Clovis West from California, 75-46. Iolani, as they always set up, they're the one school that doesn't play against a mainland school so that they guaranteed to make it past the first round. <clears throat> but it is their tournament, so they can do what they want. <laughs> Iolani beat Kailua 72-15. Yeah, and then Campbell uh, lost to Sierra Canyon 70-21. So, uh, you know what? But, hey, it's good to test yourselves against these better caliber teams. That's the and point that's, of those Yeah, that's what it's for. And a lot of the fans can go watch good basketball. Uh, so one of the other big things to come out yesterday, and we mentioned it at the beginning of the show, baseball college baseball schedules being released Hawaii starting off with a recent national champion in Ole Miss that's who they start their season with on Friday February 6 16th excuse me oh lots of games too one two three four five six games against Ole Miss <laughs> it's um it is a gauntlet of a start to the year, and it's a gauntlet of a schedule in general, but really the start to the year for the baseballs are there. We're going to get to learn who they are very quickly. Oh, yeah. Coach Rich Hill not messing around, which he'll be an in-studio guest sometime soon because fortunately he's actually been bugging me about when <laughs> he's going to come and be on this show. So that'll be fun to have him in here. And this is kind of what I was waiting for. I wanted to see what the schedule was going to look like before we effort having Coach Rich here. Probably Dane Fujinaka will be in here, head coach of HPU. So Hawaii starts off with Ole Miss, and then right after Ole Miss, they host NC State, another very... Uh, 2021 runner-up, right? Oh, my gosh. And then Oof. they go over to UH Hilo. So that's another one how we mentioned they're going to play a lot of the, or all of the Hawaii Division II schools. Then you got Holy Cross, Rice, get a Big West opponent in CSU Bakersfield, San Diego State, which will be fun. That's 
Coach Rich Hill is going <laughs> over there. Uh, and then Big West play Hawaii Pacific University will be on April 2nd. That's going to be a Tuesday game. So a little fun in the middle of the week baseball and go down conference play. And where was there? I lost the Chaminade game. <gasps> oh, right there. That one will be April 16th will be the Chaminade game. So you'll, you'll definitely find us at all of those Division Two and UH games. I think that will just be so fun for fans, especially as, you know, Jesse mentioned with like base basketball, we're giving local kids an opportunity. Dane Fujinaka said it on Sharks Weekly yesterday that, you know, it's good to have Chaminade in the fold because now you do get to give more local kids the opportunity to play at another level. Obviously, they're recruiting outside of the state as well, but now more local guys get to stay home, have that chance, play baseball. So Coach Dane was very much excited about having Chaminade in the fold and fans can be excited too. And a lot of local fans can go watch like people that they know now play at the Les Murakami Stadium. So this will be a really, really fun baseball season that we're looking forward to. Yeah, I thought it was an awesome call by all parties involved to make sure that all of these programs play each other. Because like you said, uh, Hawaii people love to support Hawaii people and Hawaii athletes especially. And uh, there are a lot of really, really talented baseball players from the islands who now are going to get an opportunity to play against the premier college of Hawaii in the University of Hawaii at Manoa. So it's going to be a really fun baseball season, just continuing a really fun 2023-2024 athletics uh, calendar year. Yeah, ooh, there's like a there's a lot. Of, I might have to go to the Big Island for this. Chaminade has games at Francis Wong Stadium in Hilo against Hawaii Pacific and UH Hilo. That'll be fun. Oh, go check it out online. But we got to go for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Tune in on Sunday. Mahal for listening. Bye.